0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie May Peluso, coming to you hot from Lifkata, Greece. This is my first episode since I've been to Greece. Last week we had a lot of technical issues, Wi-Fi connection issues, and equipment issues with being here and adjusting to the electricity situation in Greece, which is really, really cute. So we're back up and running. Thank you for your patience. We appreciate you so much. And we're back. So it feels good to be back. And I have a few episodes I want to do on Greece because so much has happened. You guys are probably very curious about the project I'm working on. I unfortunately cannot get into that. But what I can get into is the freshness with HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? HelloFresh. Well, with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Oh, just someone trying to make me fall in love with them. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. Who doesn't love that? This is what I'm here for. and That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Listen you going away this summer. This is a great idea. You can update your delivery address and enjoy HelloFresh at your vacation destination with just a click. Let me tell you how many times I'm hangry because I didn't prepare a meal or prepare to need a meal or have a meal when I got someplace like an Airbnb. This is such a good idea to use HelloFresh at your vacation destination. The plans are flexible, so they work with your changing schedule and you just adjust the delivery address to have it show up at your Airbnb. And it's foolproof. They have a step-by-step recipes and it really creates joyful cooking experience in a stress-free summer. So you don't have to worry about it. Everyone's coming over. Have HelloFresh. Put the food on the table. It cuts back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less. What? Listen, I am so excited to get back. I'm going to hook up some HelloFresh for when I arrive home. Not just about going on vacation, but when you come back from one and you haven't grocery shopped for a hot minute. Let HelloFresh fill your heart, your soul, and your refrigerator. And listen, if you guys go to HelloFresh.com slash Sharp16 and use code Sharp16, you can get up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. What? What? That's HelloFresh.com slash sharp sixteen s h harp one And use code sharp 16 to get 16 free meals and three free gifts. What? You guys, I might need to just sign up and see if I can get the deal. Because that's a pretty freaking good deal. And I'm starving just thinking about this. So go to HelloFresh.com slash sharp 16 america's number one meal kit and this is my number one podcast well i have a couple other podcasts but i love this podcast thank you guys so much for listening this episode is a fun one i tell you all about my greek travels what's going down in greece what i'm filming and we get into the laws of happiness and how to deal with your being and being in the moment the past and the present and what that all means so without further ado i hope you enjoy this episode live from like <laughs> <Lefkata>, greece <laughs> i haven't slept in two days live from Lefkada, greece it's not live i recorded it but i'm in Lefkada, greece guys and i tell you all about it i hope you enjoy it Sharp Tongue Podcast Beep, 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 beep You're beep. listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast I'm your host, Jesse Mae Peluso It's a personal... comedy how hard it is to make it in this biz i'm a fucking professional each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me oh we are hoping this is going to work kids i am in lovely Lifkata, Greece. This is my first podcast from location. On location in Lifkata, Greece. It's a very beautiful island in the Mediterranean on the Ionian Sea. I'm here filming for Netflix. We've been filming since... I've I've basically moved in. I have moved into (laughs) the... I'm a Greek person now is what it is. I'm in my hotel room. It's a cute little villa. Um, so much has happened. I wasn't able to record for a minute. Uh, last week, we, we couldn't record an episode. So, so sorry for you guys. Thanks for your patience. And and thank you for, for being awesome fans and listening each week. And I'm going to do my best to get a bonus episode in so that you guys can make up having not listened to my beautiful voice for a week. But this honestly has been just an amazing trip. It, so many things have happened. I've been taking a no, uh, notes along the way. Um, and first of all, I can't say what I'm filming. You guys are probably used to that by now. When we're doing projects, we sometimes can't disclose the entirety of it all because everyone likes to make it a surprise. And I, and I'm down for that. I'm all here for creating an allure and waiting, you know, sometimes it's good to just wait and not get everything right away. So that being said, um, I am filming a show called searching for Stamos (laughs) here in Greece. And if you guys listened to a couple episodes ago where I basically divulge how my ex Giannis and Stamos are best friends. This is a perfect sequel to that, where I am traveling through great Greece just looking for my childhood boyfriend. Truly, and it's it's been it's been difficult. He hides. He he's he's a slippery sucker. I'll tell you that much. He's definitely a, a slippery little sucker. But he, this has been. It, first of all, before I go into all the things that have happened, I flew over here and watched, uh, you know, it was a long ass flight. Of course, when I start recording, somebody wants to ring the doorbell um, and they're going to come in. Hello. Yes. Sir. Okay. Th- this is what happens here a lot is that people just ring doorbells and then they they ring the doorbell, but then they just fucking come right in. They're like, I know there's a doorbell, but I'm also just gonna, I'm going to enter the premises. They go, what, what, why we, why are you ringing the doorbell if you were just going to fucking enter the premises in the first place? And so that brings me, so keep that in mind because we're going to discuss what occurred here in according, according to that, because that's been a whole scenario. And it, maybe it's a cultural thing, but it's, it's definitely provided some very interesting situations. And <laughs> so I flew over on KLM. It was a, a pretty long flight, 15 hours. My makeup artist, Nia Hicks, who's been doing my makeup for years, ever since I moved to LA, Nia has, from the f- moment I sat in her chair, I was like, well, this is my girl. She does my makeup for all my projects. And so she's here on this trip with me. She missed her flight. She had a bunch of issues at the airport, you know, cause she had probably like eight bags worth of shit for me for the show and all of her luggage as well. Total is like seven, eight pieces of luggage and large luggage. There's you know, she's all the makeup and the hair things. And she didn't know what she could get here. She had to pack all that shit. So it, she missed our flight, which made me so stressed for her stressed for me. And, you know, having to figure out all those details and, and let's be real. Right now, flying fucking sucks. And I know it's a luxury to even be able to do it, but to be able to travel and go see your parents or travel the world and experience new things, sure, it's a luxury, but it fucking sucks. People in the airports don't know how to have etiquette anymore. People act like their trip is the only trip that's occurring. Yeah, I get it, Becky. You're going to go climb Machu Picchu with your fucking sorority sisters. But I need to get to Greece. I need to get to Greece because I'm searching for Stamos and you're not going to fuck up my day because you think your trip's more important than mine. Let's all coexist in this world and realize that, hey, helping people is pretty fucking cool. You know, get the fuck out of the way, move bitch, get, get out my way in the airport. That's you Just be mindful when you're traveling that other people are traveling as well to a destination and they have a life. And that's the one thing I feel sort of slipped away from people in this post COVID world and the airports and all the different travel areas, you know, airports and train stations and planes, trains and automobiles. There's just cunts everywhere. So I digress. Um, so Nia had a disaster of a travel experience, which made me feel so bad. And I also I missed her on the flight. You know, I was looking forward to like fucking around with her on the flight for 15 hours. So then I was left to my own device and, you know, Mama traveled with a bag of edibles, and allegedly, it's candy, it's not edibles, but you know, or just in case the, the Greek, the, the local Greek, Greek, bully, they want to come and get me, um, good luck because I'm going to blast off on these and be in the ocean looking for my childhood heartthrob. I, I watched a few movies that I wanted to tell you guys about on the plane. I love watching airplane movies. There's something about like that movie that you never go see. Not that you never go see it, but maybe it's a movie people told you about. Maybe it's, it, you just never saw it because you thought you wouldn't enjoy it. Maybe it's like a, you know, just a cheesy movie. It's, it, comedies are great to watch. You know, I rewatched, um, uh, Bridesmaids. I rewatched, uh, Wedding Crashers and was laughing out loud. So there, there's a certain type of movie that you just watch on a plane. Like, for instance, any Nicolas Cage movie. Fucking perfect plane movie. Are you kidding me? Come on. All the Nicolas Cage movies. Let's do this. Let's get in a Nicolas Cage. That's what they should have, like a Nicolas Cage marathon on their selection app for the movies. Like, let's just blast through all these puppies and have a great flight. They didn't have that. Um, I did watch Come Play, which was a horror movie, which is... It's always weird to watch a horror movie on the plane. It doesn't have the same effect. I'm, I'm already terrified. Let, let's bring that back. I'm already scared on the plane. Just a little bit. That's why I have edibles. Just a little general existential anxiety because I don't know how to fly a fucking plane. I realize that the pilots aren't even p- flying the plane. They're just pushing buttons. Everything's so automated now. And then it makes me concerned. Like, what if the pilot... Didn't get enough rest and just happened to push the wrong fucking button. I feel like that it's the fact that it's so automated creates a more wide spectrum of a possibility of error because you get so used to being it automated that they don't even think that they two buttons they need to push. I'm sure there's more than two buttons, but they're just up there like, oh, we only have to push this one and they fuck it. Sorry. I'm yawning into the podcast. That's a first. I have been filming fucking full days. I'm so sorry. I just yawned in your ear. <laughs> I made it 316 episodes. Without a yawn. That's the most realest shit that has ever happened on this podcast. I'm keeping it in. I'm not even going to cut it out. I don't want you guys to think that I'm just like <laughs> fucking ready to go. I am ready to go, obviously, like Tony Robbins energy. Let's do this. Life is happening for you, not to you. Boop, 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 five. five, five, five. But uh, yet yeah, your girl is a little fucking exhausted. Not complaining. It's the best kind of exhaustion. I'm just hoping my pilot isn't exhausted. That's that's all I'm trying to say. I don't want you to be tired, bro. You've got three buttons to push. Let's Let's take a nap, get an espresso, and fucking handle this thing. So movies I watched on my KLM flight, by the way, highly recommend a KLM experience. They give you a house. They give you a house. This is a collector's house. And I don't know if you can hear a little ASMR for you. There's there's juice in it. Well, not juice, but like there's liquor they're blue delfs that's what they call these and they're like I, and they're numbered you know you you can get you can collect them so basically they're like here's a house with alcohol in it and i'm like oh my god i grew up in one of those i would love one so shout out to klm for giving me my childhood home back <laughs> appreciate you cutest house ever can't wait to take the flight back and get another one really great airline if you get a chance to fly it i enjoyed it uh, nia probably has another Opinion on it because of her experience. But for me, it was great. I watched Come Play. Scary movie. kind of weird to watch on a plane. But then I was like missing and thinking about um, uh, uh, Rowan Atkinson. I used to love Mr. Bean as a kid. It was one of my favorite shows to watch. And I think it was because of my dad. My dad loved Mr. Bean. That was his jam. Just... Slapstick, physical comedy. I mean, he barely spoke in that show. Mr. Bean barely said a fucking word. Actually, the only phrase out of all the Mr. Bean shows that I watched, and I could be wrong, but this is just my recollection right now. Of all the shows that I watched of Mr. Bean, there's only one phrase I remember him voicing. And it was when he was sitting on a bench and he was like, Mmm, a tuna sandwich. He was like so excited to eat a sandwich. And I think the whole episode was him trying to eat his sandwich and it kept getting fucked up and it made me laugh so hard. And so I watched Johnny English, which is Rowan Atkinson. Am I saying it? I feel like I'm saying Is it Roman Atkinson? No, I think it's Rowan Atkinson. It's a, it's a branch of Mr. Bean, I believe, but I could be wrong. I feel like it's an extension of Mr. Bean. And then I watched a movie that wasn't too bad. I have to say, I was kind of surprised. I'm going to see what it, what country it's from. It's called Sea Fever. And it wasn't, let's see, Sea Fever movie. I've got my little trusty cell phone here so we can look shit up. It was actually really well done. Um, and it's got a pretty high rating. 2019 horror sci-fi, uh, hour and a half. And let's see where it is from from united kingdom ireland so yeah i guess it is i I thought it was more foreign than that but it definitely had a lot of actors that i wasn't familiar with and a couple that i was and i was like oh this is an interesting film i always love when it's not a straightforward american style cinema um but you got to check it out if you guys are into sci-fi into sea sea creatures and that's all i'm gonna say really well done And you got 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know how hard those fuckers are with their scores and their rating system. I highly recommend it. And then another movie I loved with Melissa McCarthy and freaking, what's his name from, they both were in Nine Perfect Strangers, Bobby Cannavale. These two together are just, they're absolute gold and this movie with him and Melissa McCarthy—it was kind—it's of, like a little cheesy, but it was airplane movie. It was really well done, not cheesy. Like I'm not talking shit about it. I would see them in anything, and their friendship is so fucking amazing. And this movie is called—I think it's like not download. Oh God! Can I just type in their name and they'll it'll come up? Hold on, guys. Here we go super intelligence. That's what it's called. Watch it. It was cute. It was just fun to see them together. And those are are the airplane movies I watched. And, um, you know, as I was sitting there just on the plane and thinking about my trip and thinking about, you know, being away for a month, over a month and all of the things I need to prepare and, you know, and then thinking about Missing my parents. You know, I just was traveling and, and sort of anticipating my trip and also remembering my parents. And it made me realize that so often when we're traveling and in life, we're thinking forward. Like when we travel, we're thinking about, well, what's the next place we're going to see or what's the next thing we're going to do? And maybe we can do this. And it, there's so much planning that coincides with making a trip, that sometimes the trip experience gets lost in all of that. You know, it's sort of the whole cliche of life's about the journey, not the destination. And you really have to be mindful when you're traveling to create a space for yourself so you're able to actually enjoy the place you're in. So much of our energy is spent planning for where we're headed that we sometimes rob ourselves of our experience in the moment. And it really comes down to your being. And I think when you find yourself in these moments of anxiety or depression, those correlating to anxiety is a future experience. You know, when you have anxiety, you're worried about something to come, the what ifs, the what's going to happen in the depression being correlated to the past and thinking about things and being nostalgic and missing things. Not that those two experiences and emotions don't have some value in our life, but when we dwell in them, we're putting our being in the, 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 fa- the past or the future, and we're not allowing our being to exist in the now. And so when you find yourself having these anxious moments or these depressed moments, it's a good time to like check in with your being and be like, where is my being right now? And sometimes for me, you guys know, this is not a grief episode. I'm still working myself up to being able to emotionally deliver that episode for you. Uh, you know, a year and two years after my my parents being gone. Um, but it's really important to like check in with your being and ask yourself, wh- where is it? Where where am I right now? Because When you're stressed and thinking about the future, your being is away from you. Your being is in a different realm of of existence and reality. Your being is in a different tense. And when you're depressed, your being is in the past. Your being is away from you. I think it's important to check in with yourself and be like, "Where, where is she right now? And the place that's the sweet spot is the now. And it's so hard to sit in the now Because of the way our our lives have been constructed and because of the way we exist. And especially in this American culture, we are a rat race society and we're a competitive society and we're all about results and we are task rabbits and we're so focused on accomplishments and achievements and all of those things to say are not negative. But all of those things will be lost if you don't find a way to exist and have your being exist in a moment and being able to look around on your current trip and and be appreciative and grateful of how far you've come to get there and not be anxious about where it's headed. It's a very difficult thing. It's a practice. And I think that's why so many people get discouraged when we're talking about happiness and such a simplistic term that is thrown around that I think is falls short of describing what happiness really is. And also we live in a world and maybe more so in the American culture where happiness is something that if we're not experiencing it all the time, then we need help. We're broken. In reality, it's not about happiness. It's not about, you know, making sure that you have more happy moments. Happiness is a result of your being being calm because you can't experience it unless you're fully present in the moment. And the only way to really be fully present in moments is to clear yourself of these tethers that either pull us to the future or drag us to the past. So finding a way to create a life and a type of life that allows you to implement routines, strategies, tools and exercises to keep your being in a place of of a centered position in your life will really help you achieve this idea of happiness. And happiness is different for everybody. I'm saying peace because I truly, for myself, know and believe that I am happiest when I am centered when i am calm when i am aware grateful open all of these beautiful things and i can't achieve those things without a magnitude of resources and those resources you know i've spoke about it before being inspired by erica badu and her saying that she always checks in with the five doctors let's see if i can remember them dr sleep Dr. Sun, Dr. Spirit, Dr. You know, exercise and like Dr. Nutrition. And those are things you can control. For the most part, those things are free, except for like the food. You know, healthy foods really fucking expensive, which is crazy, but it's not an excuse. There's also ways to supplement that. And the excuse is, you know, the castration of achievement. You can have an excuse for everything and it will just cut your chances at achieving whatever you want to fucking achieve. If you find yourself saying I want, and then whatever it is you want, and then you say, but bitch, it's done. It's a wrap. What's whatever, whatever after the butt is is the thing that's holding you back in life. Whatever's behind your butt. <laughs> that's the, that's your answer to why you're not moving ahead. And I don't even mean that sexually. Okay. So just keep the things that are behind your butt, something that helps you achieve the task at hand. And I'm saying all this to say that on this trip in Greece, I have had to create a practice to allow myself to experience the moment and be grateful for where I'm at. Because you guys know where I was around this time last year. I was filming a different Netflix show, losing my mother, and having one of the greatest opportunities be overshadowed by one of my greatest losses. And now that I'm here in this moment, I've been able to, because of all the practice I've done throughout the past uh, couple years, not this time last year, but this time a couple years ago, um, 2020. I created a a habit out of pure necessity, out of feeling so scarce in my soul because my parents were gone. This is not a survival episode. I'm just going to briefly touch this. Somebody will somebody freaking briefly touch me for Christ's sake. I, I have had to create a habit and lifestyle to help me be able to be in an appreciative moment. And I'll get into all of that also on the grief episode, but I've just been really fucking enjoying myself here. And I think it's important that you don't look forward so much that you forget to look around you now. I think it's important to remind yourself of where you're at. And I'm in motherfucking Greece, okay? And I will say in my layover, I had a layover in Amsterdam, beautiful airport. Nia will say different. (laughs) My poor makeup artist will say different. She ended up catching COVID and was sick and we're pretty sure she got it at the Amsterdam airport, but she's all good now. Everything worked out. I got to tell you, I got a massage at one of those little massage spots at the Amsterdam airport. And they just make those women different. This woman, she, her hands were so strong. It felt like she was making pottery out of my shins, but like in a good way. (laughs) And she she just it, she was talking to me and rubbing me, and I couldn't really understand her because of the accent. but she slipped in like the an extra charge in there. you know she's rubbing my feet, basically rubbing out all of my worry and my angst back to my childhood. And she sounded like with all due respect, like the Swedish chef, but like a drunk version, and she said something you know, schmorgasborg and extra charging. And I was like, yeah, like whatever you said is a thousand percent where I'm at. I, I don't know what you said, but my ankles feel like you are literally Patrick Swayzeing them right now out of ghost. And I'm here for this moment. So whatever extra charging you need to do, bitch, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking I'm all about the extra charging. Bring it on. I appreciate your hands. I appreciate your, your soul and being here for me. And, you know, I ended up, I think I spent like double what I was going to, but d- damn if my shins didn't feel fantastic afterwards, I really had a great travel experience here getting here. And I had a, we had a drive from Athens to Greece, about a five hour drive. And my driver was amazing. We stopped for, frappes. And he, sh- he was telling me things about the areas we were driving through. Now I have been to Greece before. I've had a couple Greek boyfriends and obviously you guys know that I love Stamos and we're looking for him desperately out here, but I was using Google translate to talk to the guy. It's a great tool. If you travel internationally, use Google translate. And there's also, a f- you know, when you're traveling, there's like traveler phrases that you should learn I've done this before and, you know, I can speak a little Greek, not a lot, but I've learned the phrases I need to use in order to get what I need when I'm traveling. Like, where's your bathroom? Is, is, is the owner available? Is he single and rich? Um, Where, how much does this cost? Can I have, can I order food? Why, why isn't the owner answering my Instagram messages? Like all of these important traveler questions you can ask. Just type them in or whatever country you're going to type. Literally think of the questions you ask while you're on vacation. Think of like, you know, maybe a couple worst case scenarios like um, I, something's wrong with my labia. Where's the, where's the labia doctor? Toss that one in there and just you can literally type them in and then Google Translate will document them. And then you have a whole catalog of these phrases and you can listen to it. You can read it. So it just makes it traveling interesting. It challenges your brain. And you also get to talk to the locals. And they will appreciate it. Look, we expect the world to speak English, and they do. The one thing that America hasn't done has put a real strong emphasis and sort of um, you know, focus on us learning another language because we just assume everybody will speak English. And it's great that they do. It's amazing, but they also speak like two or three other languages. And language is obviously the greatest barrier between cultures. So learning a little bit really shows you appreciate the culture and that you're trying. And even if you don't speak it perfectly, they'll teach you. And the more you use it, you'll get better. And it's it's just been fun out here to you know use Google Translate to order euros in this in frappes. It's been. I just feel like I'm like, I could live here now. If it weren't for my dogs and if we got stuck filming here, I'd be okay. I'd be all right. I'd be able to do it. I probably shouldn't say that because, you know, you put things out into the universe. That shit comes back real quick. Let me tell you, that shit comes real, real quick. But I got here after a five-hour drive. I felt like my driver and I had gone through a lifetime together. It was sad to see him go. Him and I stopped in Amilophilia. Amilophilia. Um, and we got a Euro. He bought me a Euro. I was like, are we married? And he said, no, I have a very beautiful wife. And I was like, well, fair. And he did show me a picture of her and she was gorgeous, but it was just an amazing trip. And then I arrived to my, uh, my (laughs) hotel here and there was food and wine waiting for me. Shout out to my host handler, Ruby, AKA Rubik's Cubes from Studio Lambert who has just been a gem, literally has been a ruby of a gem here on this trip. She had food and wine waiting for me and I had to take a shower, you know, because after you fly, you got to wash off all that funk. You should, you should literally throw your clothes, your travel clothes in a bag. If you went through an airport, put them in a plastic bag. Don't even fuck with them. There's so many amoebas and nasty things that attach to you. There's just travel barnacles you've got to get rid of toss it into a plastic bag, throw your ass into a shower immediately before you eat, before you do anything. Don't put your dirty ass on a bed. If you went through the fucking airport on a plane, you're sitting in farticles, you're getting people's breath amoebas. You got to wash all that shit off. So I I look forward to the shower, but the shower heads here are different. It's like a a panel. There's a rainfall Type of shower head. And then there's a panel of all the different like body jets. And then there's like the side handle guy to get your back in in, in, in your in your bunghole. And let me tell you, I felt like a surgeon a, a, a surgeon who, who didn't know how to do surgery. I had no idea how to turn the, the overhead on. So the, I was stuck taking a short ass shower. I could only fit figure out how to get the handle to work. And so I had to like duck down and take like a river rat bath under this little shower head for a week and a half because I was too prideful and stubborn to ask for any help. And then I started asking for help and uh, figured out my shower. Now Now we're friends, we're doing well. It's not just my asshole that's getting clean these days. I think you guys can all agree with me when I say adulting is bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Don't you think life is so much easier with a great sense of humor? I assume you do because you listen to this podcast weekly. So I know you enjoy a good sense of humor because you know I have a sailor mouth. And I don't know about you, but the last time I heard, no one said it had to be rated PG. Life is not PG. Life is NC-17. Life is X. And sometimes it feels good to let out our inner smart ass and drop a few F-bombs in the line, in at the at the coffee shop or in line to pick up your dog from the groomers or at a family gathering. Sometimes you want to say fuck off grandma. You're being a bitch. Well Smart Ass and Sass is a subscription box meant for the unashamed mouthy mofos. All of you guys. I'm gonna start calling you my mouthy mofos, my sharp tonguers, and you can get your fix of brazen humor each month. With Smartass and Sass, their items are curated and personally tested by the SNS team. It's a group of really mouthy mofos who want you to get a good laugh in your day. I'm going to have to ask if they're hiring because that's basically my whole plight in this world and in my life. SNS partners with some of the best small businesses to bring you trendy and snarky items each month. I have to tell you, I opened up my smart ass and Sass box. And I was immediately jealous that I hadn't thought of this for my own branding. And I have half of a desire to, if not a full desire, to ask them to make like a special Jessie May box or maybe even like a special Sharp Tongue box for you guys because the items they have are so cool. They're so different and ridiculous and really outlandish and fun. Um, there's so many different types of items. They have a big mouth box. I'm sorry, a big box with a mouthy shirt and a whole bunch of snarky items worth like, I don't know, over 50 bucks. And each box has one SNS designed shirt. It has between seven and nine items. That's a whole bunch of Smart Ass and Sass. And it's valued at over $90. And there's all different subscription sizes available. And you guys can subscribe to Smart Ass and Sass at www.smartassandsass.com and use code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P, for 15% off your first subscription. Follow Smartass and Sass on social media for your daily dose of attitude, fuckers. Well, hello, Fresh. Did you guys know with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep? That sounds delicious. I love when food shows up at my door. You can skip trips to the grocery store, although that is my favorite place to put on a cute outfit and find a rich husband. And count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. I see you HelloFresh looking cute being number one. You're looking cute cute. HelloFresh is seventy-two percent cheaper than dining at a restaurant, and it's even cheaper than grocery shopping. I will say that unless somebody else is paying for those two things, I don't want to do it. Like I, I, I do enjoy like putting on something very cute and going into the produce department of a grocery store and maybe looking for a man with no wedding ring and being like, "Oh my God, what's a kumquat? Help!" But. It is nice to save some money. And with HelloFresh, you can customize your dishes with their new Hello Custom offerings by swapping out one protein or for a side or upgrading to a more luxe experience and even adding protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety, and more meals tailored to you. And you can pick your favorites from 50 weekly different options. That's a whole bunch of options, and I love options it's my favorite thing to do when it comes to food and if you're feeling like it you can skip weeks when you need to change your delivery date update your preferences all on the HelloFresh app it's super easy to use one touch you can adjust whatever you need to adjust And for all my fit and healthy folk, they have fit and wholesome recipes for satisfying and nutritious meals that you can feel good about with six recipes per week to choose from, including low calorie and low carb conscious options for all of those really picky friends who come over to your house and they're like, what are you making? I can't have dairy. I'm a gluten free gargoyle right now. So, you, can you please like leave all of the flavor out of the food for me? Hello Fresh is so fun. It honestly made me feel like I was Bobby Flay up in my freaking kitchen cooking for myself and my three dogs. Um it it really makes your your house feel like a restaurant when you know it's just a bungalow in Los Angeles. And I have no business cooking because I don't even have an apron. Hello Fresh makes me want to buy a really fancy ape apron. And you know what? That's it. that's what I'm going to do. Right when I'm done with this, I'm going to go on on a website and find a very cute custom apron, and then when my friends come over, they're going to be like, holy holy snarkies, did you just become a chef? I didn't want to swear because I didn't want to piss HelloFresh off because it's not about me, it's about them. So you can go to HelloFresh.com slash sharp16 and use code sharp16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. What? That's HelloFresh.com slash Sharp16, S-H-A-R-P-1-6 and use code Sharp16, S-H-A-R-P-1-6 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. You get a free meal and you get a free meal and you get a free meal and three of you get three free gifts. Look, this is such a delicious meal prep. I love it. It's so fun. Actually, not meal prep. You're, you're cooking it yourself, but you feel like a freaking chef. You truly do. And it's super delicious, nutritious, and it saves money. How cute is that? We love it. We live for it. HelloFresh.com slash sharp 16. Something really funny happened, you know, because I have my phone attached to my speaker. I, I, I'll add my travel list. Let me Let me make a note. I'll add my travel list to the description of this podcast because I've mastered, you know, things you should bring along with you on a trip. If you're even a weekend trip or whatever, just the vitals that maybe some people who don't travel a lot think about, I'll add it to the description of this. One of them being right back here. um, You can see my JBL to go. If you, if you uh, can find the specific speaker, it's pretty powerful. Sounds clear. What I do is I put it right here over the pillows next to my natural jasmine that I picked from the garden in front of my fucking Greek villa. I put that speaker right there. And then I'll watch Netflix and I feel like I'm in a little movie theater. You can connect your, your laptop to it or use your phone, whatever. Great, great travel necessity. Don't bring it to the beach. If you're traveling and you go to the beach, leave your fucking speaker at home. We've talked about this. No one wants to hear Doja Cat. I love her. I don't want to hear her. No one wants to hear your, whatever your cultural music is, fucking love Latin music. I don't want to hear bachata at the beach. I don't want to hear fucking Steely Dan. I don't want to hear the boss. I don't want to hear Bruce the boss motherfucking Springsteen. Leave your fucking music. Unless you're on the lake with some, you know, white trash hillbillies, blast that shit. But at the beach, fucking leave your JBL in your hotel room. Don't be rude. No one wants to hear that shit or bring your your AirPods. No one wants you to hear your your fucking music. Nature's enough of a beautiful symphony. Okay. Leave the Beastie Boys at home. That's just a little tidbit, (laughs) but something really funny happened. I had this speaker attached to my phone when I was learning the phrases on Google translate. I didn't realize that I had my phone attached to the speaker. I had it just on speaker on the phone like the actual speakerphone on the phone. I didn't know that it was also attached to this. So I was going to ask the waiter something as he was leaving. And I wanted to ask him myself. And I went to type it into the Google translate. And then the trans- my phone connected to the JBL immediately. And it yelled at him. It was a full blast. I need more coffee m- mugs. It screamed at him so loud. And he laughed like so I didn't mean, it was like, and it fucking just vibrated off the walls. And I was like, I didn't mean for that to happen. I feel like such an asshole. Um, but so back to the doorbell constantly ringing in this place. When I first got here, there were people in and out. And it was driving me nuts. It truly was. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't negative to anybody. Obviously you guys know I'm, I fucking love people. But there was one point where I just got out of the shower and this guy walks right in, just an older ge- Greek gentleman, doesn't even knock, fucking opens the door, comes right in. And I'm standing, when I tell you buck ass naked, I don't even have hairs on my shin because I shaved my shins. I am so naked. I'm, I'm as naked as the day I was born. He, so he walks by me, doesn't see me. So I decide to just, take a lean on the wall. I just lean on the wall with my tits and all my glory out because I'm like, eh, I'm I'm not bothered. This is going to be fine. Like, let, let this man get a little glimpse of the tatas. And he goes to the door that leads to the pool. Yes, I have a fucking pool in my hotel room because I'm a baller bitch these days. He turns around and I am head to toe, unclothed. And he just, he didn't... I'm impressed. He didn't look at my body at all, unless he's got like lower peripheral ability, which I guess you can see a little bit, but you're not seeing details. He held eye contact, like held aggressive eye contact until he left. Like he just walked out of the place like this. He just was like, uh, and just left. And I felt, it really felt great that I didn't try and hide myself. I wanted to have a fun moment and it was so worth it. I'm not saying you guys should do that in your life. You might want to fucking just think about it. And then another guy walked in. Actually, it was the same guy another day later. You know he was just trying to catch a glimpse of the titties on accident at this point. He walks in, and then him and I are just chit-chatting a little bit. His English was bad, as bad as my Greek was. So we were just communicating back and forth. And the other great thing about this Google Translate app is you can have foreigners speak into the app and it'll translate for you. Even if they have like an accent or infliction or some sort of interesting cadence to how they speak, they could have a fucking lisp and Google translate will translate the sentence to you as best as it can. And it's pretty accurate. I've used it in loud restaurants and in the street. And it's just a really useful tool. So him and I are going back and forth and he goes, are you a lady? And I went, yeah. And he he goes like this. And I went like this. He goes, Oh no, no lady. And I went, wait, what? Oh, so if I'm not married in Greece, I'm no longer a woman. Is this how, is this some weird like Greek transgender camp that's happening? How am I no longer a woman? And then I was like, okay, this is definitely a loss in translation moment, but it also wasn't, it also was like a cultural thing. It was like, Oh, you're not spoken for, you know, just popo, no, no, no. stamata gamato, malakis. Just what, where, where's your ring? And it really got me thinking, like, it actually helped me create a paragraph in the, the book that I've been working on about that, like what it means to be a grown woman who doesn't have a husband or children. And what the implications of that are in different cultures and for yourself luckily we're in the society now where it's less of a taboo to be an unkept woman but this motherfucker made me feel real real dirty not like dirty just like just like a wash up lonely dog like not even a spinster, just, just a, a woman in a, sh- a woman in a shoe. You know, I guess if the woman in the shoe had kids, I'm not even the woman in the shoe. I'm in the shoe box and, 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 and my sister's in the shoe with all the kids. That's me. Cause I don't have a ring on my finger. Well, that brings me to one of the things that happened when I got here that really broke my heart. Speaking of jewelry, I haven't really, broadcasted about it because so many other terrible tragedies have happened in the world and I won't get into those but we all know it's been going down in America and uh, my heart goes out to everybody that's going through uh, just the the tragedies that have ha- happened um, so I didn't want to promote or display really what I was going through because these tragedies were occurring simultaneously. So I just kept it to myself and took it as a learning lesson. And you guys know, I say life is all lessons and blessings. And in each scenario and situation and path you cross with another individual is an opportunity to either learn a lesson or earn a blessing. And that's the way you can look at it. That's the way I try to look at it. That's the way I do look at it. But when I got here, you know, I wear very specific jewelry in my own life, in my personal life. Uh, I've got this Jessica necklace that my dad bought for me when I was like 16. I also have a couple other necklaces that I bought for myself. One I got from New York City that all of my jewelry is very symbolic and personal and none of it's extravagant. Most of it is antique. None of it is worth a fuckload of money. It's all personal, sentimental jewelry. And I have a a necklace I got from Italy when I went to the Amalfi Coast. And I have this necklace that I bought from uh, New York City years ago. I remember purchasing this necklace. I probably have spoken about this on the podcast. Standing in the street in New York, making a promise to myself that no matter what, I was always going to be the key to my success. No matter what, I was always going to be responsible for my achievements and my failure. And no matter what, I was always going to remember that everything I needed in order to achieve the goals I wanted to achieve exists within my being. And as I'm saying this to myself, I'm in front of this jewelry store and I see this necklace that has a key on it. I'm like, that's it. I'm the key to my success. So those are the necklaces I wear. And I interchange this Jessica necklace with another gold chain that my father bought for me. I think around the same time he got me this Jessica necklace. It's just this like really traditional it's called like an anchor um, chain or um, not a figural link it's a very italian necklace it's a very traditional looking ginzo thick heavy 18 inch gold chain i want so presat do you have any fucking mozzarella necklace like this thing is you know uncle tony And Aunt Carmella wrapped into one. This is it's it's it'll pop up on the screen, but boom, this is the necklace. It's called I think it's called an anchor chain. I've had it since I was sixteen, and fucking lost it. I lost it here. I lost it the first Monday that I was here. I, I arrived here on a Friday night, I believe, late late Thursday night, and. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just getting acclimated, and Monday, I took it off and put it somewhere, and and that's not like me. I'm a very detail-oriented, I remember everything, everything has its place, neat freak, OCD, Virgo. I'll misplace things because I have ADD, but I always find them because I'm an OCD Virgo. It's a really interesting cornucopia of confusion. But this necklace fucking gone, gone. And it took me a few days to realize I had lost it because I interchange it sometimes. And I realized I lost it on my first day on set heading to set because I wanted to wear it just because it's a special necklace and I feel myself in it. It reminds me of my childhood. I always like to wear jewelry that my parents gave me or jewelry that was my parents when I'm doing work, especially like if we're going through dry runs, which this is what this was, my first day on set was a dry run. I like to have their energy around me when I'm getting into a gig. It's its a, I don't know if you want to call it a superstition of sorts, but it's also just a personal thing for me. And so when I, I'm going to set and going to put all my jewelry on, to like armor myself with my parents' energy. I couldn't find the necklace. And I kind of did, you know, fucking, you ever lose something that you love and you you do the quick throwing things around like a crazy person, I did that, but I couldn't be late. So I was like, I'll fucking find it when I get back. Couldn't find it when I got back. And I was really upset. I was really, 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 really fucking upset. It definitely, um, it shook me. And the reason why I wasn't promoting it is because A, it's just a piece of jewelry and B, there are other really more detrimental, horrendous tragedies occurring in the world. But I, I went into the laundry room of this hotel. I asked all the employees. I didn't think anyone took it, but I was thinking maybe they swooped it up in the bed. Maybe it got stuck. And I was looking inside washing machines and I damn near asked for tools to open up the laundry and to get in there. Because I was convinced it got swooped up. And I walked to the beach. And I the, the beaches here are not sand, they're rocks, they're little pebbles. I was digging through the rocks for three days straight of where I went to the beach the day before I lost my necklace. And just bawling my eyes out. It, it felt like a loss. And it was a loss. And it taught me about loss and it taught me about possessions. And anytime you've lost something big, like a person or, you know, a life, it really puts into perspective the possessions in your life and, and how you relate to possessions because inanimate objects, although important and representative of people, places, things, memories, they don't nearly come close to holding the weight of that of a person. So for me, because I've lost both my parents, and this is starting to sound like another fucking <laughs> grief survival guide, I'll get into all this in, in that episode. But it, it really it, it it fucked with me and it it made me realize I'm still dealing with understanding loss and understanding where I'm implementing energy in objects as a way to manifest my parents. It just was an interesting thing, but I hope if somebody found the necklace that it made their day and I hope that it went to somebody who needed a pick me up or who needed a sign. We're all just revolving around in this fucking on this planet and in this existence, everyone needs a little bit of sign. Everyone needs a little bit of hope. Everyone needs a little bit of, um, positivity and something to hold on to. So I hope whoever got it isn't a fucking piece of shit. And I've come to terms with it and have managed my sadness over it. But it's interesting. Like you, you have these achievements in life and then something like this happens and I'm like, it's always something Can't you guys say that in life? There's so many times in my life where I'm like, it's always fucking something. If it's not COVID, it's someone dying. If it's not someone dying, it's fucking breakup. That's the thing. That's the mentality of life is happening to me, not for me. You got to switch that shit. So I had to switch that shit and get back to the the job at hand. That was searching for Stamos. That was searching for Stamos and getting into my my job here and really focusing on what I need to do here. And <laughs> there's just so much I can go wrong. You have to fucking stay focused. And I'm focused on the stay most of it all. Truly, truly madly, deeply. I'm here for my journey and I'm, I'm over the loss of the necklace. But if somebody wants to fucking get me a new one, I will not not take it. Okay. I'm just putting that out there. I have some notes here from the last, excuse me. I don't know if you guys saw my post about Netflix when I was doing Netflix as a joke. And my new profile picture on Instagram is a blow up doll that looks just like me. And I found that photo because one of my faces looked like a blow up doll from my Netflix as a joke festival show post where there's like a carousel of a bunch of different photos and videos of my comedy special taping. And when I was looking for a photo to put up on that post, it put, it put me down this rabbit hole of dolls and there's something called barnacle dolls. Researchers keep finding creepy dolls that are washing up on the shores of beaches all over the world. And this is a whole thing. It is like a, it's almost like a fucking pandemic of dolls. We're going to pop one of these fuckers up. Look, look at over here. Look at this fucking guy. Look at this, look at this woman, a mission, Arnasset, Arn Arnassus. Oh God, I can't even say this word. Arnassus. It's like Kansas, but with a rance in front of it. <laughs> Arancis. A Mission Arancis Research Researcher. Oh, Fungal. A Mission Arancis Reserve Researcher. It's a mouthful. Why would they even type that? Fucking acronym that shit, please. Holds up a baby doll she found in a Texas beach in April, on April 2022. Look at that fucker. This is all nightmare fuel. Researchers regularly survey the coast for creatures like sea turtles, marine animals, endangered Species, They often come across debris on the Texas shoreline, and lately creepy dolls seem to be the most popular find. And it just goes on to show photos of all of the creepy dolls that they find on this fucking shore, and it is nightmare fuel. It is absolute fucking nightmare fuel. Look at these dolls. It's Annabelle on meth. All of these dolls are Annabelle on meth. One of the group's most recent shared dolls had barnacles growing out of its eyes. No. That if I came across that on the shore, I definitely would just assume that this is, this is the rapture. This is the second coming of Christ. And I don't know if that's a scary thing, but these dolls make me think that they have a part in trying to make it a scary situation. So far they've collected 30 of these disturbing dolls and the creepiest ones have lost all their hair. Oh God, this is so terrible. The first doll they found was a head of a sex doll and the person posted a picture of it and they didn't realize it was a head of a sex doll. And that's what sent this collection of dolls into this experience that is now being documented here. Um, Someone bought the sex doll head for $35 and the proceeds were donated to the sea turtle rescue program. I need to know who that fucking person is because that's stranger danger. That right there is where we need to start digging our heels in and unpack a person's past. We need to do a background check on that motherfucker. Um, I bought the doll head and I put it in my apartment, and then, then it took me this doll rabbit hole. Took me down to uh, what I can only, <clears throat> when I can only say is. I don't understand how this is a fetish, but it might be the creepiest thing I never knew existed. And that is the various types of sex dolls. Now, look at this one. What what in the Charlie Chaplin anime is going on here? First of all, it concerns me that you want to have sex with a cartoon character. But then I loved He-Man growing up and I fucking get it. But this is a doll that looks like a cartoon character and takes it to another level. I also don't like her position on the couch. Why is she so confident? You're a doll. Why do you have more swag than I do? And what's with the hot pink Charlie Chaplin cap? Um, Okay. What in the Chris Angel Army Reserve is going on here? Sir, I'm not going to say... I'm gonna say he might help some lonely days, but I, I can never fuck a doll. I, I, I'm a I'm a girl who loves a, a, a human being, and if there's a woman fucking something like this, I don't. I do judge you. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna judge you. I'm judging you, and and I think judgment is a fair thing to to bring up because it can create a discourse and we can debate. Please call me or email me. You can email me at jessie.maypaluso.comedy at gmail.com or Give me a call, 513-916-0930. If anyone out there's fucking a doll, we don't have to disclose who you are. I just want to know why, what you get from it. Because this Asian persuasion, Chris Angel, Thick dick rick, is I kind of get it. And then, oh, there's pregnant me. Someone's fucking pregnant dolls. I don't understand. Why not? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you were a wife who's pregnant and you walked in on your husband fucking a pregnant doll? I don't even know that I'd be that mad. Because if he's also fucking other pregnant women, that's a whole other slew of issues. That's That goes into a category seven of a sexual dysfunction shitstorm that all of the therapy in the world probably wouldn't be able to help. But I. I'm trying to understand who's fucking pregnant dolls. And I excuse, excuse my naivete and my ignorance. I don't know anything about this. And I'm going to have to do some of my own deep dive research so we can really get into it ourselves. I had to show you guys these because I went down a rabbit hole and I didn't want to be there alone. Next, look at this guy. He's married to his doll. He's, he falls in love with dolls and posts pictures of them. Look at that bitch in the bed. <laughs> Look at that pigeon. <laughs> not him. Not him having a photo of another. He's basically cheating on the doll. Unless she got her hair done someplace else and colored it pink. Not him showing a casual Instagram photo of him and his doll. And then, oh no, this is a new bitch. So he must have. I guess he broke up with the blonde. And he's going on vacation with this bitch. Does he have to buy a, a, a flight for her? Does he have to buy like an actual airplane ticket for this doll? I think you should have to. If you're dating dolls, you should have to pay for them. That That's just the tax you pay for whatever you're going through. And then we got this Eminem long schlong John here with his tidy whiteys. And I don't know why he looks like he's going to go play basketball. Like he's about to break a sweat. I, I, I had to share this nightmare feel with you. I couldn't keep it to myself. I needed to share it with you guys. You're fucking welcome for that, by the way. And I, I hope you can appreciate me feeling like I didn't want to be alone. Okay? I needed to know. So if you guys know the answers or have theories as to what's going on with the doll fuckers, email me, comedy at gmail.com and tell me... what what went down. I need to know what went down, what you guys think, and (sighs) just why. Just tell me why. Um, We've got some emails here. Let's see. Uh, We got some love from people. Austin K. What it do, baby boo? Just want to say I love you and appreciate all that you do. But I was wondering, what are your thoughts on male sugar babies? a big, you mean like, so a sugar baby is someone who gets paid money. and The sugar daddy is someone who pays money. And if you're asking me what my personal thoughts are on me spending money on a man to be in my life, it's going to be a big fuck off. You're fucking crazy. What? Absolutely not. There is no part of me that is digging into my pockets to pay for you to be in my life. I'm good. I love myself. I don't need a companion that much. I have three dogs. But if you're asking me in general, eh, there's a little bit for everybody out there. And I bet, look, if someone, if someone's paying for it, they want to. If there's a woman out there willing to pay for a man, I'm not going to say no judgment. Like I said, judgment's important. I would love to also talk to you. Why? There's always a reason why. And usually the reason why it goes back to us not feeling good enough or feeling like we're loved. And maybe there's a little kink thrown in there, but there's no part of my hand that's going into any part of my pocket to get any slice of cash to hand to a man to be in my life. Unless that money is going towards food that he's purchasing and will be reimbursing to me later via Cash App or Venmo and also feeding me. That's the only scenario, boo. (laughs) That's it. That is it. That is the only freaking scenario. I appreciate your question. We got another uh, email here from Evan. Jesse May. Hey, Jesse May. Um, I'm my mom was recently diagnosed with cancer and listening to your podcast has helped me process a lot of the emotions. Plus, you're fine as hell. Thank you. I'm writing in because I don't know how to weigh the decision of possibly finding my two-year-old dog a new home, as I plan to attend Yale. Congratulations, which is probably which will probably be intense for my graduate degree in the fall. I'm afraid I won't be able to give him time and attention that he generally wants needs. On the other hand, I'm, in about five years, less uh, than 50% of his lifespan, I plan on having the time and resources to take care of him and possibly a second dog. What are your thoughts? especially with both my parents vehemently wanting me to give him away. Here's the photo of him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Boomer on laundry. If you give Boomer away, I, I, I look, the only way you can give Boomer away is if you know he's going to a better place. And that, I don't mean heaven. The only way you should give this dog away is if you find the best home. You may want to hit up my friend Lee Asher, um, the Lee Asher house on Instagram. I think that's what it is. He may have some space for him depending on where you are in the world. And also, if you are serious about it, I'm sure one of our listeners, we could coordinate um, to get Boomer a really good home. It is not impossible, but it will take a little bit of effort on your behalf to find him a good place because he deserves a good place because you chose to bring him into your life. And that's responsibility. So you have to make sure that you're not, and I'm not saying you would, but you have to make sure you're not just dumping them someplace because that shows a lot about your responsibility and how you view you know, your integrity. But you sound like you're a smart person if you're going to Yale and you sound like you're conflicted if you've emailed in and you're not sure what to do. First of all, don't listen to your parents. Your parents... They just want you to probably, you know, have the least amount of, you know, the path of least resistance. But sometimes that's not the best path for us to take, because the path with the most resistance is the one that creates the more full life. Challenges are the things that create our integrity, our perseverance. They create our determination, and they determine us. And I will say, as a person who's had multiple dogs, and I've had to give up a dog as well due to a breakup years ago, and me moving. Um, but I did, she went to a better place. She had a better home. I will say that I understand your, your, your issue here and it being a very difficult decision. But I will also say as somebody who has three dogs, I have three dogs. You know how much I travel. It is not easy. It's expensive. They they're dirty and they're expensive and they require care and, they need vet bills and vet visits. It's not easy, but that's what you signed up for. So even though it's hard, it might be really fucking worthwhile to hang on to Boomer. It might be really worthwhile just to figure out the challenges with him because it can also help you f- figure out how to solve other challenges in your life. Dogs have a really great way of teaching you how to deal with people in life. If you, if you let them show you that and as someone with three dogs I wouldn't have it any other way you know the one dog bunny was for my dad and I ended up keeping her and I'm so glad that I didn't give her up even though it's challenging and expensive they add so much to my life and that's essentially what you have to ask yourself how much does boomer add to your life and how much would it take away not having him there and weigh that option and and if you look at that face and I don't know how you could look at that fucking face and say, Boomer, you gotta go to somebody else's house. But I get it. But also, it's a really cute fucking face and this is how I talk to my dogs. You know, if you can look at that face and say goodbye, then maybe you might want to take some time to find him a good home. But I will say that even though it will be difficult, it won't be impossible. And on the other side of impossible is everything. It's magic. On the other side of impossible are... All the surprises of life, when you get through impossible, you really figure out who you are and how you can handle difficult things. And I don't know. I think in my heart, I think you should hang on to Boomer, but maybe your mom and dad are right, but they also sound like haters. Boomer probably took a shit in your mom's shoes and she hasn't gotten over it. So this could be spiteful. This could be a personal vendetta. I don't fucking trust it. I don't trust your parents, but I hope that helped you. And um, email me again. Let me know if you want help getting a home for Boomer, I would help you with that. And maybe one of our listeners would take him home. But there's so much more I wanted to talk to you guys about. There's so many more things happening in Greece. So many more photos of scary baby dolls I want to send to you. I will add the link for this uh, the travel list. And I'll also add the link for the researchers finding those creepy-ass dolls so you guys can check it out yourself. So you can also have nightmare fuel. Thank you guys so much. If you have any questions or if you want advice answered, uh, advice given on this podcast or questions answered, email me comedy at gmail.com or shoot me a call or a text at 513-916-0930. Thank you guys so much. I love you. I got to go look for Zaddy Stamos.